1: I'm always going to say, but I've got a special guest. They're all special to me, so I don't mind saying it over and over again. We've got Paul Lowe. Um, he's an author of the book, Emerging from the Forest. I got talking to Paul, it was about eight weeks ago, and I was fascinated by his story and about the mindset. And I said, look, I've got to get you on the show. Um, I want you to share this with the audience. And also his story, the way you know he came across this, this emerging sort of theory. So welcome, Paul. Thank you, Jay. Good stuff. So we're gonna go talk about the mindset and the, the why, why it's really important. But just for the audience, just tell us a bit about yourself, a bit about your background. You mentioned, you know, in the academies kind of thing, just,
0: just tell us a bit about yourself. Okay. I was brought up in a inner city council estate in Nottingham in the early sixties. Very poor, but very happy. I was brought up by, uh, with my grandma and my mother and life was good and that changed dramatically when I was eight years of age and my mother remarried. We moved away from my friends and everything I'd known uh, out into the countryside but that was kind of a small challenge compared to the subsequent behaviour from my new stepfather because within no time at all Violence came into the relationship, initially towards my mother, and not long after, towards me, supplemented by abuse, neglect, and within two years, it became, basically, it became unmanageable from my perspective as as, as a young kid. I'd gone from this happy-go-lucky, easy-going, carefree kid to... What's happening in my world? What's happening? And of course, at that age, you haven't got the emotional stability or maturity to to rationalise things, which has took me decades to do, actually. So there was all this going off. So uh, we ended up moving back to Inner City. So just to cut to the chase, um, what happened was I ended up back, as I say, in in, in the council estate, still with this new stepfather and things were escalating now i'd in in very simple terms i'd lost the will to live yeah because of what was going off my mother was taking daily beatings i was taking daily beatings and if it wasn't physical it was verbal it was mental. it was just sadistic and how old were you at the time uh by this as i say they got together they married when i was eight This lasted uh, for six years. So we're talking from the age of eight to 14. So six years of of hell on earth. During that time, I had a big... Well, I had several passions. Music was one of them. My uh, mongrel dog, Rocky, was another. And the other one was the belief, the fervent belief, that one day I would play for Nottingham Forest Football Club. I was crazy about Forest. But I didn't understand at the time why I was crazy about Why was I addicted? Is probably a good context. Yeah. The reality is, through my survival, need to survive, I developed an addictive personality. All or nothing. Yeah. No off-measures, no pretty grey in between. Life is now very brutal for me. I will survive at all costs. And I put my belief system in Nottingham Forest. My great purpose in life was that with one day, I would wear that red shirt with pride. That gave me a purpose, a reason to carry on. However, that came at a big price because my addiction, my belief, my focus on something outside of myself, in this case, a football club, was only ever going to be short-lived. And what happened in 19, March 1974, Forrest were involved in a, uh, a quarter-final cup replay with Newcastle United. Now, Forrest were a lowly second division side then, and Newcastle were in the first division, which is now the Premier League. And Forrest were winning 3-1 at St James's Park. And there was a pitch invasion and by the Newcastle supporters. Uh, they attacked the Forrest players, and all hell broke loose. Anyway... the the Newcastle team went on to win 4-3 there was a big national outcry there was a replay 0-0 there was a second replay and Newcastle got through so Forrester out so all of a sudden my world is coming to a to a rapid end Mm. I felt betrayed how can you Forrest betray me like this I love you I believe in you why have you done this to me was my mindset at the time, yeah, and I call it the black and white curse. This was on a Thursday, twenty-first of March, nineteen seventy-four. Remember it vividly. Two days later, a chance for redemption. Forest were playing away at Fulham. Mm-hmm. Ironically, they playing black and white. Chance to erase the pain. No, they got beat two nil. Okay, so that questioning of how dare you betray me was compounded yeah at the time I'd just come off another beating and sickening violence watching my mother and all that kind of stuff that had been consistent throughout my childhood I was literally at breaking point and i decided to end it so there was a, a nearby place which we as kids used to call Dickie Dido's it's where the old coal lorries used to pass through because I come from a sort of uh, a mining area and I went up there I ran away from home and I went up there and I took a razor blade and I got one thing in mind. This is it, because I can't cope with this. I really can't. And how how old were you then, I was uh, just shy of 14. 14 years old. Yeah, uh, 13 and a half to be precise. 23rd of March, 1974, five past seven in the evening. This is it. And I sat there. With this razor blade across my left wrist ready to do the uh, to do the deed i was crying and there was something and and this sounds really strange that came over me that said no and i've rationalized it in later years jay as what modern day uh, terminology my class as fight or flight and i had that eureka breakthrough and i've rationalized it even further i've got a purpose Because the world needs me. Why should I give in because of some sick bully? Yeah. Why? And I made that decision. So I dropped dropped the blade. I went home. Where have you been? Bang, bang, bang. And I kept that to myself. But I had a major, major breakthrough in my life. A black and white moment that I'd come out and now started to, what I term, enter the white phase of my life. But it wasn't that simple. Because that white phase of my life, as I termed it, was littered. What I didn't realize at the time is through this all or nothing mindset and not having a balanced view on life, I'd actually, that was underpinned by a lot of deservedness issues, lack of self worth, lack of self love. You know, when you've been told day in, day out that you're nothing. You're vile. Nobody will ever love you. Yeah. And Robbins talks about you know, the two biggest fears we have in our life is not being good enough and not being loved. Well, I had this rammed down my throat almost every minute of every day for six years. So I believed it because I was a kid yeah. and he's an adult. So he must be right, eh? Well, no, but I didn't know that at the time. So I've kind of created this mindset of survival now. The next thing is, okay, I've still got Forrest. I forgive you, Forrest, for for hurting me so badly. I forgive you. So I wrote to the club and asked for a trial. And I got a trial. Reality is, I wasn't good enough. Yeah. And I expected a subsequent, okay, that'll derail me. But it didn't. It gave me a breakthrough in, in as much that, Paul, you know you're not good enough. But what I somehow managed to understand was it was that purpose again. There's something bigger than playing for Forest. And in those days, I, t- I termed it fighting for the underdog mm. because I'd learned to fight literally physically and, more importantly, mentally and to a lesser extent, emotionally. So, unbeknown to myself, Jay, I was developing these survival skills at a high level. But more importantly, the beacon I had through all my own personal challenges was the fact that I was here to serve others. And I become very, very aware of that at an early age. And it was put to the test and obviously I passed that test. There was another complication with this addictive behavior of mine on my so-called white phase. My mother was a secret drinker. Her coping mechanism was drink. I followed suit. So by the age of 10 and a half, 11, I was already addicted. I needed that crutch. It helped me get through, so I thought. So that's where the mindset was set at a very early age in that six year window. What I did in subsequent years, I developed this black and white mentality to the extreme. Life was either black, i.e. I was on a binge, and if you wanted to drink, I could drink better than you. If you've got a black cat, I've got six black cats. If you've got six, I've got ten. This competitive, yeah. I will win at all costs. Now, I've later rationalised that, what I was doing. It was my need for what Robbins calls significance. I need, because I was vulnerable, I was insecure, I was fragile. I, w- I won't ever use the term I was broken, but I certainly wasn't whole. And so my... Survival, yet again, was was helped, inverted commas, by drink. Now, this polarised black and white existence carried on for decades. I knew I needed that crutch, or I thought I needed that crutch. And so what happened was, in my white phase, I would really channel, I would train hard, I'd play football, I'd box, I'd do whatever, because I was very, very keen on sports. And I would really put myself to the sword to be the very, very, very best I could be. But I knew that I couldn't sustain it. And sustainability has become a big part of my life and the need for it. Because invariably, my conditioning dictated my belief system. Yeah, but for every day, there's got to be a night that's dark. Yeah. And so what I, how would, that would manifest itself was, I would usually in those days have six months where I would drink myself into the ground, And I would actually give myself a date, sometimes to the minute. I will stop drinking at 10 minutes past 10 on the 16th of March. And it was like a a switch. Yeah. And I would do it. I would be in a mess, but I would do it. And to then six months of living a white life. Okay. Get to the top of the tree. Be the best. And so this pendulum swung for years and years and years. On my white phases, I dedicated myself to what I termed the underdog, people that needed me to fight for them. The reality is I was struggling to fight for myself. I was giving stuff away that I didn't have. And I mean more emotionally than anything else. And obviously we'll come to business in a bit, but that same principle applied because you can't give what you don't have. Somehow I was. And I became emotionally bankrupt. So life was good when it was good, uh-huh. but it wasn't sustainable because I was living a lie. Yeah. When it was bad, I lost relationships. I lost jobs. I ended up in trouble with the law. Now, one of the things that I vowed to this guy when, when we left the, when the house uh, when I was barely 14, I whispered, me and my mother walked out the door that day with our just a couple of carrier bags. She got blood streaming down her face. My my face was bruised, etc. And I just whispered, "One day, I will come back and I will kill you." And my mother said, "What did you say, son?" I so I didn't say anything, mother. Didn't say anything. She was obviously. And I just stared at him. That's a promise. Yes. Yeah. Barely fourteen. Now that my life, Jay went on. I got married. Beautiful kids career, thrown it away, build it up throw it away, sabotage Yeah. Polar- this total polarisation when I was 28 14 years later it's time to act upon that promise time has come so I did and I went to go to the house where the uh, the prisoners as I call it where I was brought up and um, I set about doing my business. And he cowered like a little, as bullies do. Yeah. Like a little baby. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I can remember the one day when, as a kid, there was a carving knife on the table. Yeah. And that stuck vividly in my mind. And I picked it up one day to stab him. As I say, I'd be probably about 13 and he overpowered me and he battered me and my opening words to him this night um, was can you remember the carving knife what goes round comes round. where's the carving knife i mean my head's gone yeah. by this time i'm in one of my black phases yeah. my head's pickled through drink my emotions are totally shot i'm a mess but i just couldn't cope anymore i just split up with 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 my uh, with my wife you know, and I was kind of sleeping rough, and I'd just given up, as I did when I was in one. But yeah. I knew that I had the strength to pull it back because the world needed me to pull it back. But this was my holiday, so I can do what I want, is how I crazy, to crazy rationalised. So anyway, we had the, uh, the situation, and this is a true story. I went in the kitchen, and I got this knife. And just as I pulled back to do the fateful deed, Something hit me from behind, and I don't know what it was. Something hit, and this is not the first time this happened in my life, by the way. Something hit me from behind, and I can't remember anything other than that. Other than I was living back at my mother's, and the police came about half past two in the morning and arrested me for assault. And when they was interviewing me about this threat to kill and all that, I honestly didn't know. And my head was hurting. Yeah. And all that. And that's, I honestly don't know. Well, what, how did you get back? In? I don't know. Somebody had followed me. And to this day, I don't know who it was. Because in those days, in an inner city council estate, things happen, but nobody really sees anything, yeah. if you understand. I think the modern day term is people don't grasp. Well, nobody, because I ask a lot of questions about, you know, who saved, he saved two lives there, me from doing a life sentence yeah and his life. Now, if I'm honest about it, at the time, his life was the least of my concerns and never got to the bottom of it. My mother ended up, you know, kind of, uh, she did divorce him and, and the rest is history uh, in that case in that particular scenario. So that in a nutshell was, as, as I've said before, kind of created my, for many years, my all or nothing mindset. And my big why was to fight for others. I needed that strength, but it was unsustainable because I couldn't give what I didn't have. And I didn't have that emotional stability myself. So I then went on a long journey of finding it, I knew what my purpose was, yeah, but I just didn't have the emotional currency to fulfil it. So I went on the personal development journey, and I got—I was fascinated by very diverse teachings. Uh, and if I could use two people to flag up what my perceived diversity is: the softness and the spirituality of Deepak Chopra, mm-hmm. and the practicalities of Tony Robbins strategic intervention programs which I've become one of his coaches on that very polarized and what I learned with that Jay through life and rationalizing my own experience was actually yeah. as people to varying degrees we slide up and down that scale in any, one, you know, in any one phase of our life we're not out now that to the left and we're not out now that to the right because we're not robots we're human beings and it's okay To actually be vulnerable, particularly as a guy with a stereotype, one of the things I spend quite a lot of time working on now in breaking stereotypes down is, particularly with guys, is this ego-driven, big boys don't cry. Well, this one does, and I encourage you, as Brandi Brown says, to show that vulnerability because that, we've all got it. You can put your screen up. I've spent all my years, or earlier years, putting screens up. What I was really saying was, don't come near me because I'm hurting like a little boy inside. And you know what? We've all got that because it goes back to Robbins as um, we'll never be good enough and we'll never be loved, and that's an inherent fear that we all carry, every one of us, to varying degrees.
1: And I think it's acceptance. You know, just 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 open yourself out to the world, and let people help you. You know, I was watching Grant Cardone this morning. And he said, you're never going to be the best on your own. You're never going to build a business massively on your own. You're never, you're never, as soon as you accept the fact that you need support, whether it's through business or staff or spirituality or finding your why or anything, you'll be a lot richer. Yeah. Because we, we're off air talking about how we're all connected together. Yes. Well, we are, you know. We're all strangers, but we're connected. And the more we connect, the more we open up, the easier life becomes, you know. Uh, like you said, you keep it bottled up. And the reason how business can relate to this is because it is that you have a million problems. Yeah. You bottle them up because you're this top of this business. You don't want to show your weakness. But really, if you just came up and said, Look, to your staff or anybody, look, I've got a problem with this area. Do you have a suggestion? Some of my best wins have come towards the end, um, towards recent times in my business when I've opened up and asked my staff do you have a solution Mm. and they've got the best solution but in my earlier years I thought no I I've got everything I've got to come with everything on the table and
0: that to me is a mistake and you're putting far too pressure on yourself yeah You know, I think the emphasis, as you say, in the competitive world that we live in is, you know, for external fixes and, you know, being perceived as a successful business person, you know, gives you the trappings, he or she, wow, they've hit it. Have you ever actually took time to ask that person what's going off in their flat on a Saturday night? Yeah. You don't know what's going off in the world. You see the, you see this, you see that image, you see that mask, the mask that I lived for many years. That's all you see because that's that what they want you to see. Yeah. They don't want to expose that vulnerability. But what I say with that is before we are successful as a sports person, a business person, first and foremost, we're human beings. That's right. And we have needs and those needs need to be met. Yeah. You know, there are various trains of thought on that, for, you know, through Maslow's hierarchy Obviously, Robbins has got his six human needs. But until you've ticked those boxes internally, forget what's going off outside. Forget yeah. it. And,
1: and look, mentoring and stuff like that, look, that, that's just a form of reach now. Yes. Now, you know, this is a business mentor podcast. Mentoring is what really changed the game for me. Yeah. And a lot of it's not down to they've got the secret knowledge or whatever. Yes, they've got the take on it. Yes, they've got great information. But really just someone to bounce ideas off and say, so, look... I've got a problem with this. What do you think? Or you know, and a master a mastermind's another great thing. It's allowing people into your circle. Yeah, you know, and then getting that information. It's a bit again opening up, isn't it? Mm-hmm. If you get a mentor, it's a bit like you say, no, I actually need help, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's when you think you know it all that's where the problem comes because you're all
0: inwards, you're not outwards. Well, there's a paradox there, Jay, in terms of having the strength. To show your vulnerability,
1: yeah,
0: and dropping that ego to say, do you know what? I don't know everything, because none of us do, and I don't care who we are and in what field we don't. Yeah, it's all relative. Some might be more successful than others, or perceived to be, but I go back first and foremost, uh, and this is just my take on the game of life, which is yeah. basically my focus. You know, one, what is your end result? What are you aiming for? What are you striving for? Yeah. Is that qualitative in terms of blissfulness and inner peace, or is it more external? You know, there's no right, there's no wrong. We're all individuals. Is it a balance? Which is kind of person where I try and pitch it. But I go back to, you know, and I repeat, without that inner sanctum being stable and whole and at peace with yourself, you're always gonna be fighting uphill. And, and we talked off air about this about
1: having the why. When I went to business initially, it was just about just all I thought about was success, success. Yeah. when you actually get to that stage, you then question things, you know, what was my reason for doing this? And now mm. I've got a bigger purpose because I want to serve more people, help more people. And that's my bigger purpose. And I only got that you know towards the end of uh, my, my agency, which we sold off, I realized when we sold it, that look. The reason I sold it was because I've got a bigger journey to go on. And we're talking about this today. And the reason, you know, wanting on the podcast is if you're looking to get into business or if you're looking to do something, yes, there's loads of models you can follow, but within yourself, find that purpose. Yeah. Find what is it, why do you want to do something. Now that could be serving others, that could be running a, a big business. It could be a, you know you want to prove somebody wrong or whatever, but have it for yourself. More importantly, yes, it's about you because even if you've got you know, like I said, if you want to prove someone wrong, or you want to do this. Eventually, you'll do that, but then you're going to be left with this emptiness, yeah, because you've thought, well, actually, I was doing it for them, not for myself. Absolutely. And you know, your story is fascinating. You know, the, what you went through at a young age, and you come around the other side. You know. A lot of people won't go through that, you know, but I want to share your story because that's how rough it is sometimes for people to get over certain things. So if you're looking at your story and you're so inspired like I am, you know, think about your story, but think, look, if Paul can come out the other side, you can do the same as well.
0: Definitely. And just to kind of finish off the forest angle and that vow is I will be involved with the club. Well, actually not be involved but play for the club. Now, I didn't make it as a player, but some years later, I did actually end up as a mentor in the academy at Nottingham Forest Football Club. I was doing a teaching degree. Um, A friend of mine, very close friend, he was one of the senior people there within the academy. He got me a job. And I had the privilege of working with some of the best talent in the land at the time uh, when Paul Hart was the manager. On their mindset and working with them and on their education, four years At that time, I then formed a charity, which was strongly associated with the club. Yeah. And the charitable stuff just went, it just went crazy. Do you, just going
1: back on that, do you think, for example, you know, like, you know, I wanted to be a footballer, I didn't quite make it. We we got to a good level with Derby County, but didn't make it. We do build up that kind of whole one tunnel vision of, look, I'm going to be a footballer if I'm not, and then... You fall apart but, but maybe looking at things in a broader area you still got to work with forest through the academy so that maybe when you look at something think well i want one i want this maybe look at the bigger picture and think is there another way i can still be involved and if you look at it that way you did get involved you got your dream you got your wish yeah and uh, you know i think there's there's never a dead end to anything you know there leave the door right. open
0: There isn't, and that's what I term now as um, being able to look at it and say, okay, set an intention, a strong intent. Do not get rigidly attached to the outcome because if you make an intention, I will travel up north, for example, to use a geographical metaphor. I'm going to travel up north because I like it up north. I don't know if I'm going to end up in the northwest. I don't know if I'm going to end up in the northeast, Scotland. The Highlands, I don't know, but I'm going up north as an intention yeah, and enjoy that journey because of through all my achievements of helping thousands of people, I've reflected upon that and that, that took place over many years. I did not enjoy that journey. Yeah. That was about me and my self-gratification. That was for me. I needed that as part of my healing process. The fact that actually a lot of people benefited was great. Yeah. But really, that was about my significance and me learning to grow and think on my feet and grow on my feet. So, you're absolutely right, Jay, in as much that things can evolve, not necessarily in the way that, in, a, in an ego way, we want them to. Yeah. I want it now and it will be that colour. Yeah. Well, no. Because the outside world, what, what I term the universe, just might have other ideas. And that way, we've learned to let go of the outcome. So if we don't end up in, you know, uh, yeah, but I'm gonna end up in Newcastle, N34 to, to JP. And I don't know where that is, that's just something other <laughs> but hang on, I haven't ended up there, and now I'm disappointed. Yeah. Well, don't detach. Set the intention, let, put your strategy in place, and with your goals, be flexible. You might have to move. Because as you're travelling up north, that road might be blocked. There might be an accident. So you might have to sit t- t- And surely it's the same principle in business. You know it far is,
1: more. It is. And when I mapped my vision out, this was when I first started my business in 2005. It was the funny thing was I mapped the vision out. I used to look at it, but not as often as I should. But I didn't put that much focus on it. I knew where I wanted to go. I wanted to be successful. So I mapped it out. 10 year, well, I looked at it now and again, but 10 years later I actually did exactly what I visioned. But what I didn't do was constantly beat myself up about it because the journey I took was a zigzag is, you know, it wasn't straightforward. I didn't get myself off office straight away. I didn't get my, my operation team straight away. But because I had the goal, I got there in the end. I wasn't fixated to get there today. It took me 10 years to get there. But like you said, you need to let go. So you make the vision, and you say, "Well, that's my vision." Let it go, and start working on how you're going to get there. Two little steps, going here, going there. The angle is always the same, but it's never a straight route. It's never. And the more you fixate on on a straight path, the harder it will be. You know, there's a, there's a drawing that I shared on my Instagram. It shows success. There's one which is a straight arrow, and there's one that's going zigzag up and down, yeah. round and round. That's success. You know, yeah. you could be going backwards, forwards. As soon as you accept that
0: the easier the journey will be. And you'll enjoy it, you know. And I absolutely agree with that because I know with the work I've done in in mentoring with people's lives uh, off all, you know, overall spectrums within the game of life, what makes it easier, Jay, is if you've got that co-pilot to help steer you and guide you and support you. 100%. Brackets mentor. Yeah. Because the one massive, and there's been, we could be here all day talking about the, the lessons learned, But the one that I look back on now, knowing everything I know, is without a mentor, you may get there. It's took me decades. It's took me decades. What I say to people now that I mentor, you can get, relatively speaking, to where I am in a relative five minutes with a mentor. And you can, and I believe that. And yet again, it's what Robin's terms, you can change your life in a second People think that's crazy. No, it's not. I now understand why and how you can do that. But it's took me decades to learn that because I didn't believe it. You know, I was very much in a, uh, a see-to-believe mindset. Show me. Prove it. Yeah. You know, coming from where I come from, show me it works. You know, you tell me you're the world champion, prove it, do it. I need concrete, tangible proof rather than moving, letting go, yeah. and moving into this softer belief to see mindset. And that's where success is because the more you can embrace uncertainty and have the faith to know that actually I've set the intention and I'm going to get there. Now, I didn't do this as a kid, I wanted to play for Forest. Yeah. I didn't realize that, sort of, you know, 30, nearly 30 years later, I'd end up in the academy with some of the best talent in the land, and then that would propel me into forming charities, social enterprises, positively oh, I haven't got a clue. So from that, I was kind of right, because I'd metaphorically gone up north, But and it's keeping yourself open. No,
1: you're right. And keeping open, look, I was similar to you. I think, you know, I, I'm a bit younger than you, but, you know, going back 20 years, Every dream. If you ask any person, any boy, or at the time it was many a, uh, a man's game. Everybody wanted to be football because in the UK football is in our blood. Yeah, we live, breathe, sleep football. You know, because at that time there wasn't the social media, there wasn't the internet. You'd get a football, you just play football with your mates. And I got to a good standard where I played for Derby County. I played at the baseball ground. And I'll be honest, it's a lot harder when you've actually tasted it playing on uh, St James's Park. And having been told you're really good and then not being going through um, and being let down at schoolboy level, that's hard to deal with because you focus on that. But look, I'm now on my podcast, my business, I'm having footballers approaching me, asking me to help them run their businesses or build their businesses. So it's gone round circle now where I'm important now, whereas when I was younger, I felt not important because they released me. And the players that did make it, and a lot of my, one of my friends played the Premiership, was I thought, wow, but now it's reversed back round. So you've got to believe in look, you will get to a point in life where you will get what you, des- you know, not deserve, but you'll get something of value. You've got to believe that. And setbacks are just a point; it's just a part of life. You know, I would never have thought I'd be talking to Premiership footballers now. I'm meeting with them, and they're talking about my podcast. You know. Yeah, but that's that's
0: my journey, and everyone's got a journey within within themselves. I resonate with that because part of the developing the charity and getting to know people in football, I was very privileged to meet certain people, and I started doing black tie dinners, organizing yeah. golf days, rubbing shoulders with people that you know had been my. Um, People to look up to, my hero, when I was a younger kid, when I was football crazy. Yeah. Um, one, you know, I don't normally kind of mention or single people out, but, I mean, he's, he's passed now, but um, the legendary Dave Mackay. And I say yeah. legendary not in a football sense, although he was. He was yeah. You know, in a time, in an era when the word legend actually meant something. Yeah. Nowadays, in my view, it's thrown around like confetti. Yeah. But that man was a legend for being a man. Yeah. And I'm not talking about football. Yeah. He was a fantastic mentor to me. Yeah. But he was kind of my best pal. There was no formal, okay, we'll sit down, we'll have half an hour, and we'll talk about strategy. It was none of that. It was like, yeah. let's talk about life over a drink. Yeah. Arm round the shoulder tuck. Paul, did you really need to do that? Yeah. Mind mm-hmm. you, I've been a bit hot headed myself. You know, that kind of yeah. acceptance that we're vulnerable, we make mistakes. Yeah. Stop searching for perfection, because that's a big own goal as well. And these little pearls of wisdom that I've never forgot. And the reason I've never forgot, Jay, is because the man was truly, truly sincere. Yeah. And I think that's important in mentoring rather than, well, yeah, I'll take you on as a client. And uh, you know, if you pay me X amount, we can do this. And for me, that wouldn't work. Because yeah. I think people now... Even more so nowadays, probably contrastingly against the backdrop of social media, where it's kind of click a button, it's out there. Yeah. People actually want to connect with people. We've lost that, I think, over the years. We were just talking about that, how yeah. everything from when I
1: grew up, communities and staying together was a big ethos. Yeah. It's now changing. Social media is a great tool. I use it. Yes. It's great for connecting. We, we connected via it more yes. or less, didn't we? Yes. You know, And that's why I think mentoring of these academies and masterminds, I think there's so much value in that because you yep. just literally sitting with people and the value you get, and I've mentioned this in my previous podcast of meeting people mm. face-to-face, the energy that's exchanged, which you can't see over a phone call or even over a social media video, is phenomenal. And I've been in so many meetings where I've gone there thinking, am I really going to get value from this? You go, then you think that one thing that's just changed the game, that one little tip. Because it's freestyle, I'd call it, because everyone's talking openly and you're not kind of trying to think about what you're thinking about because it's with Power Mastermind. So yeah, I fully agree with you. And I could see how mentoring's helped you. And that's why I'm so passionate about it. Look, I did, I saw my business in 2013. The first thing that I could have done, I did set my other business, the first thing I could have done is is got uh, mental people, because I'd been through the journey of building a business to 500 stuff, selling it, multi-million mm-hmm. pound turnover, everything, but I thought, no, I thought what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to, I remembered when I got mentoring, when I paid coaching that was different to mentoring, I feel, was I paid probably £100,000 in coaching to coaches that really didn't have what I wanted. Yeah. Like you said, it was a case of, okay, you're my client, we well, we'll meet for one hour, We'll talk about this, 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 this. Oh, and i say, okay, what's your take? Well, it's not about me. It's about you. What do you think, Jay? Always push it back onto me. Yeah. Which which that's what most coaches do. And I don't knock coaches because they are good. But I said to myself, at that time, I was quite fortunate that I'd made money in my business. But I looked at who I could give back to. And that's where the Prince's Trust came into it. Because they approached me through reading my article. And I thought... That's amazing. I can give my knowledge to these guys, and it's charitable, but just imagine these guys are 19, 18. I'm going to give them something, and if that information works for them, wouldn't that be so rewarding? Mm. And it was. Yeah. And I've mentored magicians, locksmiths, property guys. I've done talks, and I've seen um, a good friend of mine, a magician, we talk about him quite a lot, he's been on the show, Luca. Now, he's gone from doing magic in his bedroom to now travelling the world, and he's, he's become a big influencer. And he's, done, he's, only, he's only 22. And the way I, when I talk to him, it's like he's my age, 40. Because I've passed him a wisdom to him, but he's learning as well. Yeah. And, you know, his father, great guy. He's looked after him, but he's not a business guy. But I was able to go in to him, not like a father figure, but say, look, I've done this 20 years. Let me tell you when to go and what not to go. Now, you know, he always credits me for his success, but I've just given... What I've learned, and that's what mentoring for me is about. Yeah, giving back your knowledge in a way that is truly from it from yourself, from your own experience, from your own take, and that's why you see loads of success stories. So going back to yeah, you're right. You know, Dave McKay is a mentor. Yeah, you actually felt the connection there
0: massively, and that's helped you in your journey to where you are today. And you know, uh, there have been other people, uh, particularly within football that have contributed significantly to that. But Dave particularly stands out uh, in my heart. Um, and he was, a, ironically, a staunch hearts man. Yeah. Which, coincidentally, and there's one word that's kind of almost banned from my vocabulary, I call it the dirty C word. It's, it's the word coincidence, because yeah. I don't believe in them. Yeah. But I've actually formed a brand called Paulo Hearts. Yeah. I mean, these kind of little ironies... Yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe a coincidence. As
1: <laughs> No, I, I think... I, One thing that
0: I want to share with the audience was,
1: and I've not shared before, is when you start something, whether it's your purpose or anything in life, one of my earlier mentors told me this, and it stuck with me so long, and it helps so much, is when you want to get from A to B, don't worry too much about connecting the dots. Mm. I used to think, oh, I want to get A to B, how do I get there? Yeah. It will happen. Yeah you just got to put the work in and just believe the direction you will take absolutely but don't worry about connecting the dots the worst thing that's what beats people up as i frustrates you because you're not going to control how you're going to get there now if i asked you a question you know when you started at a very young age and the experience you went through that you'd be sitting with me here you know just having a chat about your life on a podcast it's impossible to predict that absolutely even if you want it to happen it won't happen yeah you know and the success you've got with your charity You know, who would have thought at that time in your life, all these years later, you'll be doing black dinners, you know, black tie dinners, you'll be getting people together, you'll be doing this. You can't picture that sitting on that, you know, bridge with with that knife. Does that Mm. make sense? It makes perfect sense. So, you know, Paul's story is heartening because what it shows you is, you know, at the end of the day, even if you had a tough background, and we've all had tough backgrounds in a sense, you know. Yeah. You've had a, you know, and we've all got a story But one thing I want to credit for you two is actually sharing that story. I think a lot of people don't do it. A lot of people are afraid to tell the story. But if we didn't have people like you coming out there and saying, "Look, this what happened to me," you know, people would not be able to connect with anyone. If that makes sense to you. So you've come out. Look, if you've had a story like that, you've had a hard upbringing. Just believe in your purpose. You know, think about why you're here. There's a reason why you're
0: here, whether it's business or doing something else. Absolutely. You know, and uh, we spoke off AJ about uh, an experience I've had this weekend because I was asked the question Has it been a fruitful seven days in the UK? And unusually, I couldn't answer it. Yeah. Because there was something that I couldn't put my finger on and I've had to sort of work it through. What defines success? It's a relative term. Yeah. And I shared with you, did I not, about an example of two people and one particular that made the statement. And he's a relative stranger. I mean, I've said hello to him. He's kind of in my uh, vicinity. And he has to speak to me. And uh, we sat down. And the next thing, he started crying. It then emerged that basically his best friend had run away with his wife, left him devastated. And his words to me um, the following day, after we'd spent time together just talking about you know, putting things into perspective. I suppose, you know, to, to to give it context, yeah, mentoring. Yeah. Although that makes it, makes it sound a bit more clinical because it was very heartfelt, it was very emotional. But the upshot was, that, you know, he made the statement to me um, a day later that without you, I wouldn't have been here. Now, for that to come from a relative stranger, when we talk about purpose, and I'm asking myself... Well, actually, is this seven days in the UK? What's it all been about? That's what it's been about. Yeah, It's setting that intention. Take me where I need to be, whether that's in life, whether it's in business, and let go. Don't really know how I'm going to get there, because if I get too attached that this is what I'll do, yeah, I've got my business plan. Oh, hang on. That weren't in my plan. Now what do I do? Yeah. You know, ergo life. Blimey. Where did that come from? Yeah. That weren't written. So set that intention. I know I'll get there. I might be wearing a different hat by the time I get there, but I will get there. And I think that's the commonality, whether, as I say, it's uh, you know, business or community or whatever.
1: Yeah, and I think that's a, the good way to look at that. And that was a positive story anyway. You know, helping that person would mean lots to you and to anyone listening. But I think sometimes we forget the little things we're doing, and it's gratitude as well. Looking back, thinking, Look, you were fortunate that you had the opportunity to help this individual. You know, a lot of people would love to do that, you know, to help somebody in the hour of need. You were there, so it's looking back what you've done. Like you said, you can fixate on certain aspects, but look at the positive things, you know, mm. and then you'll find a purpose through that, you know. Yeah, um, anything you do in life, you can find a purpose, but you've got to dig deeper to get it, you know what I mean? It's not all about materialistic things. It's certain things like, you know, it could be from, you know, for me, you know, taking my kids to school every morning. That was the reason why I wanted to sell my business because I've got the freedom to do that. Now I know going back in 10, 15 years time, Paul, you know, when my children are older, I'm gonna look back and I'm thinking, you know what? That's the best thing I ever did. You know, no one could have paid me more money to do that. And I've been able to, and my kids are grateful for that. I'm building a connection with them. Because when I was growing up, we didn't have that. We were told to just walk to school, you know, get there as (laughs) as quick as you can. um, And and jobs are good. But I'm, you know, walking, I'm having that time with them. But Paul, your story is fascinating. I don't get um, too many guests on about spirituality because, you know, we focus on on business aspect. But I think this is so important. And this will help you get your why. There's one takeaway from this podcast it's about searching for your why, why you're doing business, what's your purpose, what's your end goal. Because when you have hardships, which you will do, uh, whether it's a recession or anything like that, if you know your why, it will keep you going forward. Yep. It'll help you out. I just want to share that you've got a book, Emerging from the Forest. Is that, can you get that from Amazon? Yes, that's on Amazon. It's on Amazon. So I'll put down the link anyway. Okay. So I recommend you guys reading that. Um, it's a great book, and it goes into more detail. If you've been fascinated by Paul's story, you've got to read this book because the book will go into more details and help you um, on your journey. Paul, just before we go on to f- getting your social media, I want to thank you anyway for sharing, sharing your experiences with you. We could probably go on for four or five hours. <laughs> I'm sure we could. And your stories, you know, it's raw, raw experience. You know, this is from the heart, um, hence um, the charity. So. I asked a guest to shout at a mentor. I know you've mentioned one already. Is there any mentors you'd like to mention on the podcast that have helped you in your journey? I know you've covered it with David. Is there
0: anything you can... Wow, what a big question that is. I mean, you've said four hours, Jay. Make that four <laughs> weeks. Four weeks, yeah. Do you know, I think in particularly in the perception of success, we're almost expected to throw out big names. Yeah. And if I can just sort of slightly digress by saying uh, there's a well-known quote by um, Oprah Winfrey when she said to her mentor, Mayor Angelou, I've just opened this new school in Africa for young girls that um, you know, are homeless and have been sexually abused, and what a great legacy. That's my legacy. Yeah. And Mayor very wistfully said to her, no, no, it's not. You don't know what your legacy is. You don't know. Your legacy could be opening that door to that old lady, smiling at a person yeah. that's having a bad day. Just a to touch, an arm around the shoulder, that is a powerful legacy. And I mentioned that, Jay, in the context of answering your question, because how many times have, has somebody done that to me? Mm. You know, some old lady or old gentleman or, or whoever it was that's, I don't know, Go on, young fella, you go first and I've been in the battle, or whatever. And it's diffused that anger that I may have had. Do you know, honestly, that's helped. Yeah. So these people are mentoring us all the time, whether we realise it or not, because I firmly believe now that life is a very, very, very simple game. Football's a simple game. Yeah. People complicate it. Yeah. Our mind complicates it. So in terms of simplifying that to answer your question you know, shout out a mentor. I've got one, it's called Life. And I know that's a kind of yeah. very general answer. But if, you know, if if I have to start going through or had to, as we all would, yeah. we'd be here forevermore. Because, and there's too many of them and they've all influenced in different ways. You know, I will say my mother was a profound positive influence despite her struggles and she was fighting, seriously fighting her own demons. Yeah. And that's where I got this, uh, and, and I probably need to stop using this terminology, but fighting for the underdog that I used to use then. But she was fighting for me and not in a position to do it. But that love and that compassion kept with Fyodor. Her purpose, that was the beacon, that, that guiding light in times of in stormy waters. Yeah, but there's the guiding light. That's where we're going, to shore. Yeah. You know, my grandmother... I would say that womankind generally have been very powerful, very powerful, because at a time when my world was very male and egotistically driven, women, because of that lack of conditioning, they were allowed to show me love and compassion and soften that. So there is no one, I I could give you loads of names, Jay, and some very very well known names that might shock the listeners. I wouldn't do that, but I would say life.
1: Excellent. No, that's a good response. I like it. I like it. You know, at the end of the day, you've got so many. You've had a, a very very, I would say, interesting but really positive journey. You know, to where you are today. You're doing great stuff for the charity. Um, you, you're looking to give back, and I think that's really important. You know, we've got our people giving back because if we don't, then where do we lead? Where do we lead to, you know, if we don't share our stories, which is great. So you've got your podcast coming out. Yeah. So share with the audience. Is it this Saturday? This Saturday, the first of... Um... Yeah, give us a date because we've got so many we're releasing. So what date is it? It's going to be out. So first of... September. September, September. Saturday, the I think this I'll off, think then, must yeah. Have, yeah. So this might be released after. Uh, but if you haven't, then make sure you go and check out the podcast. What's it called? Uh, Mastering the Game of Life. Machine Game So, what an awesome title. So, check it out on the it'll be on iTunes. It's yes. in iTunes and Stitcher. So, check him out. Make sure you support Paul. You know, he's a great guy. He's come all the way to, to, to come and see me as well. And his story is amazing. So, in your business journey, as well as systems and sales and marketing, I think one of the things you've got to really start thinking about is, is your mindset and your why. I think it's really important we discussed it off-air to get that before you even start, you know? Absolutely. And it will be your shining star as you you progress to your business. I want to thank you for joining me. Social media, where can they follow you quickly? I forgot to ask you that. Um, Facebook, um,
0: Instagram or anywhere in particular? Yeah, all all my social media feeds and my website are all under Paul Lowhearts. Okay. Uh, PaulLowhearts.com is my website and obviously links there to my various social media. As I say, they're all under the same banner so uh, there's bits and pieces out there
1: awesome and we'll put them in the show notes anyway so if you guys haven't um, written down you get the show notes look guys thank you for joining me again on the podcast as always it's a pleasure to have you on and i hope that's got you some value so some great takeaways there make sure you read the show notes and start looking at your why um and i think it really helped you great stuff i'll see you on the next episode and thank you paul thank you jay